What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, this week, me and Hunter really only have one thing to talk about, and it's the only thing that the entire college football, college sports world is talking about, and that's realignment and uh, what OU and UT's decision to leave the Big 12 means for Texas Tech. Uh, so there's not a ton of information, but me and Hunter are going to dissect what we've got. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, uh, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, uh, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. Um, They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Uh, whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts uh, can help find the best mortgage solution for you. Uh, they can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. Um, they have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process uh, online and it's easy um, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. Um, they can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website uh, at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, talk about all the all the big news. I got Hunter in today, like usual, but I feel like Hunter, you're kind of the expert on this stuff, just based no, on the not topic. at all. I mean, you just seem like I don't know if it's it just the text you send in the Red Raider Sports group chat. I'm always like, oh, Hunter text. Let me look at that. It's always <laughs> just seems like he's he's got some good. I don't know well, if it's not. just your career choice or what, but you you've always got some good stuff. Just seem to understand what's going on. Well, that's, I guess it's funny you say that because I feel like I don't, I'm not qualified to even really speak on this stuff. I don't think, <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't think anyone is, though. So, yeah, I guess that's true. I was about to say, if you're not qualified to do it, then we might as well just sign off and we'll, we'll see everybody when this gets sorted out. <laughs> and that may be the best thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but so I guess we, me and you were talking, you know, before we hit record about just the lack of stuff that we've been able to get done since this all came out, which I guess was last, the end of last week. And so what we're, you know, we, I guess we recorded a podcast right after it happened and basically said, we don't know anything and we still don't know anything, but a lot has happened. Um, so what's kind of your take on this past week? So the, the PAC 12 thing, you know, I, I just don't see how it makes financial sense for them to add any of the big 12 teams. And the one thing we hear, the one thing that everyone seems certain about is that the biggest driver for this is money, which is a product of the TV deals, which is a product of, you know, viewers and what these companies, media rights companies are willing to pay. And so in the PAC 12 and in the year 2025, they are going to, their TV deal is, is almost 300 million. Okay, so divided by 12, that's 24 million per school. So if they're going to add teams, you know, theoretically, if if we're working under the assumption that all team conferences and teams are only going to do what makes them the most money, you know, those teams are going to have to bring in, if it's four, they're going to have to bring in at least 100 million to the TV deal to maintain. And that's just to maintain, you know, that, that 25 million per school payout. 
Uh, of course, I think it makes a lot of sense. They're, it's going to, they're going to need to add to that payout, you know, <laughs> maintaining is not enough. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, for ref, just as a reference, you know, in, in 2025, the a big 12 team, if nothing was going to happen, uh, stood to make about 27 million per team. And that's with UT and OU bringing that number way up because they're worth more and also kind of bringing all of us up too, because, you know, us playing UT is worth more than us playing U of H. Yeah. Um, so it does not make a whole lot of sense that adding tech and Oklahoma state or in Kansas or whoever is going to add 25 million per team to that, to the PAC 12's deal. Now people can say the central time zone, I'm not smart enough to know whether or not that makes it worth more. It just seems so unlikely, you know, that, that the PAC 12 is going to be able to pitch to their conference, the members of the conference that yes, you know, without question, adding teams from the big 12 are going to increase your revenue share. So, let me ask it. Let me, sorry. Let me ask a dumb question. So when all this happened the first time around, you know, when AM left, when Missouri left, when Colorado left, what was the driver there? Like, where did the, was it just TV deals were different then? I mean, like basically what I'm asking is what's the difference in those conferences wanting to add them? Because I don't feel like Colorado, Missouri necessarily would have at, like if they were free right now, I think they would be in the same position that tech and Oklahoma state would be. So and like Rutgers gets added to the big 10. So what's, was TV money just different then were deals expiring? Like what, what was the difference between then and now? That's a good question. And that's, you know, an area I don't feel qualified to talk about is back then this was pre streaming for the most part, pre cable cutters um, that you know, TV markets, cable markets played a much bigger role. Yeah. And so like adding Rutgers was just the New York market. Yeah. And, I do remember that being uh, Missouri, about. I guess was St. Louis and Colorado was Denver. That that is somewhat less important now is what, we're hearing maybe so Bob Bowlesby would probably say yes because um, he, he makes the point to mention how ESPN loses 5% of their share every year or something. Um, so I think, you know, back then there was about to be, you know, TV deals were expiring. And so, you know, you add, add Missouri and you add AM and so you can then negotiate a deal and have all these TV sets in Houston and St. Louis and negotiate a bigger, a better, a better deal for themselves. Right. Um, but I, I agree with your, you know, your premise that if, if Missouri was not in the SEC and this was happening, they'd be in the same position as any of us. Yeah. Um, so, but I guess so with the Pac-12, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I guess I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just keep thinking, I know like it doesn't make financial sense for the Pac-12 to add, but does it make long-term sense? Okay. Like that's the only thing I can think is like. So that's where, yeah, that was. Yeah. That's what I figured. So some of the theories are, so let's just assume for the sake of argument, you know, that we can somehow add the Pac-12 adding schools makes it a a wash that they, their, their teams would make the same amount that they would if they did not add. And so there's like a theory, you know, that they, because the SEC is going to 16, everyone's got to do it. And the pack that means the Pac-12 has got to do it. I, I don't see how, why that is the case. You know, if the, the, the playoff is what it is, there's no rule that you have to have 16 teams to make it. Uh, I, I just, maybe that is a reason. I, 
I have not seen anyone come up with a compelling reason other than just, oh, well, if, you know, the SEC is at 16, then everyone's got to be. And I've seen, you know, the commissioners and other folks say publicly, we're not going to add just to add, that it doesn't make sense to do that. Um, but for our sake, we need that. <laughs> that theory needs to be true. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it is, but we, we need it to be true. Another theory, uh, which kind of is what you're saying, the long-term health, I guess, of the Pac-12 is like, you know, you have to add teams to keep Oregon and USC happy. It's Again, I don't understand how adding Tech and Oklahoma State would make Oregon and USC happy, happier than they than they would. It's not like, I don't necessarily think it'd make them mad, but what, if, if they have problems or if they're worried about, you know, the, the Pac-12's viability, which probably coming from the fact that they don't make as much money as everyone else. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't see how adding Tech and Oklahoma State will make them, you know, in a better position. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm yeah. wrong on that. Well, that's been my that's been my issue this whole time is I don't understand like the Pac-12 kind of has been a joke the past couple seasons. Like they're not getting into the playoff, you know, they make the least amount of money, like you said. And then all of a sudden this thing, you know, Oklahoma and Texas thing happens and now it's oh my Pac-12 please save us. You're, you know, you're, you're this lighthouse of a league on the West Coast. You're our only hope. Like it's just weird how quickly things shift. Like it just seems like there has to be another viable option, and it does. There doesn't appear to be one uh, other than just maybe adding schools to the Big Twelve. But it's just, I guess it's kind of what you said from the very beginning is like there's no good, there's no good alternatives. Right, and so um, you know the, the thought out there is that UT and OU will have to pay anywhere between seventy to eighty million to leave early, maybe even more. Um, Cause if you, that's their, you know, exit fee pursuant to the, the grant of rights. And then, yeah. the, you know, I guess there's an argument yeah. that they breached the bylaws and may have to pay even more. But um, so I went and looked just at some precedent on, on what people have paid to leave. Um, so A&M paid 12 and a half million to leave the big 12 West Virginia paid 20 million to leave the big East Pitt and Syracuse paid seven and a half million to leave the ACC. Louisville and Rutgers paid eleven and a half million to leave the the AAC. So, I mean, so this is kind of it's seventy million is a little bit more than those numbers. You know, <laughs> yeah, like you add them all up, that's what it is. I mean, this is a huge, huge penalty. Um, so I'm sure they can fork it up or find a way to pay it, and maybe ESPN will be pitching in on that. But the one that was interesting. The one penalty was UConn. Uh, there was like, uh, I think they owed potentially owed thirty million to leave. They ended up settling and paying seventeen million, and then like weirdly agreed to schedule home and home basketball games, like as part of their settlement with with AAC schools. But the, what's interesting to me about that is if it, it, you know, UConn pays 17 million to leave the AAC. If, if we're, if the big 12 is going to be poaching schools from the AAC, that may not really be an option. Like, so you're telling me some U of H or Memphis or whoever is going to pay almost $20 million to leave and join a conference that is cratering and has a grant of rights expiring in a couple of years and could crumble then, you know, like yep. maybe that's when the next expansion happens. I mean, 
that that wouldn't make a ton of sense for them to do. I mean, like, I don't know how. I don't even know how viable I, it is for us to add some of those things. The only thing I can think is, once you're in, you're in. So you know, it seems like so if you know Memphis and UCF, you know, get added to the Big Twelve when realignment happens again there i guess there's a train of thought that like well they're a power five team now so that may be worth that's the only thing i because i agree with you but i could also see the argument that like we just need that power five marker whether it's true or not and then so the next time we have that the next time all this gets shaken up yeah and maybe that's worth that um but you know i could definitely see some of these schools saying wait a second you know we're gonna pay 20 million dollars to go to a league where we'll be in the exact same position we were in because, and the other thing to think is it's not like it's, you're going to get this big financial benefit by coming because odds are we'll have a, a reworked TV deal. And, uh, you know, you may not make, you know, they're not going to be making what the big 12 was making 27 mil per team if they come. Um, but so that kind of leads to, you know, the ESPN coop, that conspiracy overthrow that Bowlesby was, signaling yesterday yeah um and it and it makes more it makes a little sense within that kind of context because if the aac absorbs us well then those schools aren't going to be paying that fee you know because mm-hmm. uh, maybe they can't you know <laughs> if that's not the op if the you know because the espn utou they want the big 12 to dissolve yeah or you know maybe or just figure out a path forward and so that the people will be less in, you know up in arms about UTNO, you leaving. And so that maybe that's the path of least resistance to do it in their minds. <clears throat> so uh, the AAC's commissioner has listed these things like Mike Oresco. He's a former ESPN executive. Uh, the ESPN, you know, the Big 12 TV deal through 2025, it's like $1 billion essentially will be paid out. Of that amount, over the next the four seasons so like say UTNOU left after this year um so over the last four seasons ESPN would owe 450 million it's, I, I could see a situation where ESPN's telling Oresco look if you you can tell the, these big 12 schools we'll give you 250 million ESPN will uh, more money to the AAC that would go exclusively to these schools you know so from ESPN's perspective they're saving a lot of money because they would owe you know they they were planning on paying 450. Now they only have to pay 250, and you can entice them by saying, you know, 250 divided by eight uh, is is 30 million. You know, and that we could each one of us could make that amount over the next four years, and then maybe it's an offer these Big 12 schools can't. Um, that's my kind of personal theory on that. Is that that might have been the pitch that was made to Oresco and relayed to at least one or more, you know, several big 12 schools that ultimately got back to Bullsby. Maybe that's what his damning evidence is. Right. So and, go ahead. And then, you know, so that the, another reason for ESPN to do that, you know, is this, I think they owe like 100, 150 million or something to UT on the Longhorn network. And so the sooner that all this goes away and you know, then they can fold that into some kind of SEC West network and, so it wouldn't, from their mind, it's like, yeah, they're overpaying the Big 12 schools tremendously in that theory, but they're saving a lot of money elsewhere. Right. So I guess, what do you, th- do you think Fox, like, you know, has anything to do with this? Like, are they, 
it just seems like we, we talk about ESPN. Well, Fox, I mean, they're big in the Big Ten, and they broadcast a lot of, you know, Pac-12, uh, Big 12 games. Is there anything that they might say, you know, like, hey, can we do something with the Pac-12, you know, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, a few of these Big 12 schools? Is, is that where the money comes from, I guess, is where I'm asking. Does, do you think Fox has any incentive – to kind of push some of these big 12 schools to the pac 12 and, you know, make some money there and then incentivize the pac 12 by redoing their rights deals. That is a, that's our hope. Yeah. And, and, but what, like we were kind of talking about in the beginning, it's just, it seems like we Fox would have to grossly overpay for that to be viable, for it to be something where the Pac-12 is making more money. Yeah. And then, yeah, we had, we also hadn't kind of talked about, <clears throat> I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere by anyone other than me, uh, which is like a scenario where, you know, the big 12 schools are taking a bath and joining power five conferences uh, for less money and kind of getting phased in, you know, yeah. where we, where we're like, okay, we'll make half year one and, 60% year two and yeah. maybe 10 years we're earning a full share. And, and that is a way to um, create a situation where these PAC 12 schools will be making more money. Um, but I, so I thought this was interesting. This just shows like the Fox ESPN dynamic and how much they're paying and how it is changing. In 2017, ESPN was paying, <clears throat> it's like, Six different conferences, you know, uh, six hundred and sixty million for TV rights, and Fox was paying four conferences, four hundred and eleven million in twenty twenty five. So it's you know, ES Fox is paying about two thirds in twenty twenty five of what ESPN was. Uh, ESPN will be paying one point one billion, and Fox six twenty four million. So the ESPN has almost doubled. Will be paying double what they were. 2017, whereas Fox has increased it by about 30 percent. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, there's less money there. Um, if ESPN's probably paying what they were, what they are uh, over that time period because they were competing with Fox and competing with CBS. And um, so in the world where we're talking about where the Pac-12 and Big 12 are merging and the Fox is trying to rework a deal, you know, there's just less competition there. Yeah. You know, they might get a see it as an opportunity to get a, a sweet deal and pay less than they would have if not for this whole expansion thing. It's uh yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, it, it, they're just they're much less of a player, you know, than than ESPN yeah. apparently. Yeah. And I guess and we were kind of talking about it last night in the in the Red Raider Sports Group text, but what do you think the end game is with Bowlesby's stance last night that like this is espn espn caused it they're the ones doing it you know and we're gonna fight that like i just don't understand how that ends up positive <laughs> or like for the for the remaining eight teams I, I i just don't see the the end game i don't i don't either um so we were talking about big 12 teams going somewhere um for a lesser deal and getting phased in, uh, you know, we, we, we can't have much leverage right now. Like yeah. if we're having these backdoor discussions with PACT with other conferences, it's like, and we're trying to negotiate some, some merger or some way for us to join. I mean, what leverage do we have? 
And so how that might relate to Bowlesby, this is just me, pure speculation. We will be in a much better if, – if he creates ace against ESPN, an economic firm issuing a report where the a billion dollars will be lost by these schools leaving uh, – you know, we've got a billion-dollar deal, TV deal, which could be blown up because of what ESPN, you know, is tortiously interfering. Yeah. Um, if we've got a situation where we create a good case, we've got UT and OU over a barrel in the sense that they've got to pay us a bunch of money or stick around for four years, um, I guess that could create more leverage for us when we're talking to these other schools. Like, um, you know, we – like essentially we'd be saying, well, you know, it won't be so bad for us to stick around and watch this whole thing just burn out and we'll just make a killing and just laugh our ways to crying. I guess, you know, we wouldn't be laughing to the bank. We'd be crying to the bank. Yeah. Um, and maybe that gives us more leverage to try to try to go somewhere I bet. But otherwise I see your point. I don't, other than just make, trying to make a bunch of money for these schools as a consolation prize, I don't know what the end game is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just so hard to see where this ends up because even the the first time that you know realignment happened, or I guess not the first time, but the last time, it just seemed like there were logical destinations for everyone. You know, it was like Tech is either going to stay in the Big Twelve or they're going to go to the Pac sixteen, and that was it. Like those seemed to be the only options. And it's like now, not only are there not you know an either or option, I don't know of one option. You know, like it's just, it's hard for me to see. It's very hard for me to see the Big 12 staying at eight, but it's even harder for me to see them, you know, a couple of schools going to the Pac 12, maybe Kansas to the Big 10 and just dividing up. And I don't really see them adding. I I just don't know. There just doesn't seem to be any options, but obviously something is going to happen. Like they can't just not play football anymore. So I don't understand. I just don't know where where, where we're going. (laughs) Yeah. And a big, you know, I think a big piece of it is um, if we were to add, you know, what is required of us contractually with these media rights holders to preserve or, or maintain the amount we stand to earn through 2025? Uh, is it adding, you know, a lot of teams? Is it just adding, like, what does that contractual language say? about their abilities to renegotiate our deal if OU and Texas leave after next year, you know, yeah. for example. Uh, because if it's if it's like not super strong language, then, you know, you want to add the fewest amount of teams as possible because then you make more. Then you've got other factors like some of the most logical teams to add, U of H, Tech, TCU, Baylor. We probably won't want to do that. Um, and, and that I would think maybe U of H probably – is you know, that would add more value. So um, all that to say, I think if it's not strong language, then maybe you just say, well, all we need to do is add one team and you play an eight game conference schedule. Uh, and maybe that's enough to satisfy and you just limp your way through and la- you know, cry your way to the bank. Yeah. I guess. And um, just see what happens or see what the landscape looks like in four years. I, that I, to me, it seems like the most – if I had to pick something, you know, about what's going to happen, that's what I would say. Just because what other – I don't – you know, just the, seems the like adding, the most likely thing. Adding Houston, adding UCF, or just, just adding Houston? I, I wouldn't necessarily have Houston just because yeah. I think 
I would hope Tech TCU and Baylor would oppose that. But it does seem like there's been reporting on that that like yeah. Houston almost not it's not a non-starter, but it just seems like Tech and TCU and Baylor are all on the same page. You know, like that's not that's not happening. Because to me, like if you could find a way to add BYU, which I know you know the religious thing and then not playing on Sundays and all that kind of throws some things. Hey, you know, makes it a little tough to add, but you could add somebody like BYU and Cincinnati. Like those are two good programs, good, you know, they're, they're not, they're brands. And, and like, obviously it's not OU and it's not Texas, but, it, but I do think in that situation, you can stay viable until 2024, 25, whenever the deal is up. But I just don't know if that's very realistic, especially in BYU's case. I think they kind of enjoy being independent. I think Cincinnati might be realistic, but you know, if, if everybody starts adding, why would Cincinnati join the Big 12? You know, like if the Big Ten is looking, if the ACC is looking, I have a feeling they won't be, you know, ready to jump on that Big 12 offer. So I don't and, know, to me, they, that's the best case scenario. And they'd have to pay 20 million or something to do it. Right. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. But BYU doesn't have that. They're independent. Yeah. So they're a little they're barriers, I guess, for them to, to, but, you know, it's like of the, of the, you know, the quote unquote leftover eight, um, you know, tech, we have the highest enrollment, number yeah. one, we not counting the private schools. Cause it's not public. We spent the most on football last year. Yeah. We had um, the fourth biggest endowment yeah. behind TCU Baylor in Kansas. And then the TV viewers numbers, which, really have to kind of be looked at closely because well, yeah, you, you pointed it out you almost can't even look at no, them because no. it's just a mat like if you play on fox that, that that's your highest rating like it exactly. doesn't it, it could be kansas it, you know it could be kansas west virginia and it, it's if it's on fox that's what game is getting the highest rating so I, right. it's hard to even know with that yeah and now so and i will say you know i agree with the premise that football success is almost irrelevant in this in these discussions but to the extent that if if people are looking at tv viewers numbers there is a correlation there between football success because if you're if you're playing well and you're good you're going to be on fox and abc and espn more often but with with that said i mean it's not like pac-12 or these conferences are dumb um and are just going to not be able to see through that yeah you know i mean and we do have i'm uh, sure they're hiring smart people to that will be looking and be like uh, okay tech has 1.1 average million people watching uh, iowa state has 1.2 however all of tech's games were on fs1 iowa state played half on espn you know obviously we bring more to the table and we do have you know that what is it it's not aau but it's you know yeah, tier like one Tier one, yeah, so, tier one research, whatever. So, I, I mean, it's it's fun to be all doom and gloom, you know, Texas Tech fan. But I think, as bad as this is, we aren't Baylor, TCU, Kansas State. <laughs> you know, like it, we may all yeah, end up in the same yeah, spot, but I think it's it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, everyone's in a super bad spot, maybe with the exception of Oklahoma State. But even then, too. But we're 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 in a great spot <laughs> compared yeah. to uh, 
some of these other schools, even like West Virginia. And then like another thing, you know, like talking or reading some of the Kansas, um, Kansas state stuff is, you know, can't, it's just hard to, you know, we have an airport. And so from the Pac-12's perspective, and they care about, it's kind of funny to say, but like, you know, I think they care about their, the lives of their, the student athletes and yeah. all the sports they have. And um, it's like, they don't necessarily like the thought of having to fly somewhere across the country, different time zone, and then have to drive an hour to go play right. Kansas yeah. on a Tuesday night, you know, or something, whereas tech airport really close by. Um, so we kind of, I guess, got that going for us too. But yeah, it, it's a, uh, in you know, the trickle down because, like, in a world, I, it, it, I do think. I mean, in here, but I think there's non-zero chance it could be super small, but that we are in a couple years, whenever, either whether it's in one or two or five years, are in the Pac-12, where TCU and Baylor are not. Uh, and like, is that a net positive for us? I think you could argue it would be, and, yeah. you know, that, that our, you know, we'd be clearly kind of the third um, team in the state as opposed to now where it's, you know, it could be argued anywhere down to fifth or something. Right. And, um, and like from a, like our baseball team, you know, like I think Tadlock has a lot of problem with his schedule getting non-conference teams I mean, imagine playing Pac-12 schedule and then your non-conferences, Texas, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, that would be be really good for our baseball team. Yeah. And basketball, I think. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like the Pac-12. And, and I love, so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, in the dream scenario where, where we're in the Pac-12 and Baylor and TCU are left out, they're going to want to schedule us and we'll play maybe stagger playing Baylor and TCU at home every year here and on the road and so you got a home schedule where you're playing at least one of Baylor or TCU you know, Oklahoma State every other year one of the Arizona schools and then at least one of Washington Oregon USC UCLA I mean that's a, that's not a bad home and, and a schedule just overall um but the chances of that would have got so slim of that happening yeah I mean that is obviously the dream scenario in every sport and I'm somebody that really enjoys change. And so stuff like this doesn't bother me. And so like, if it was one of those deals where the PAC 12 was looking to expand, you know, I'd be all, you know, this would be exciting to me. Like I would love this. Um, <laughs> but the fact that, like you just said, it, it does seem like a slim chance that we do end up in the PAC 12, the PAC 12 is looking to expand. This is a lot less fun of a situation, but um, I just don't under, I just, it's, it's like I said earlier, I don't really have a lot to add other than I just don't understand where this ends up either way. I don't think it's good. Like I recognize how good the sec is as a football conference. I also recognize how good Oklahoma is as a football team. I don't think it's good for the sport for them to kind of cannibalize each other. Like, I think it's like, I think it's, and I, like I would, I wish USC and Oregon were really good. You know, I wish Michigan was really good. Like I wish Pitt, and Penn State were really like I, I just think it's bad for every everything to just keep getting you know more and more laser focused in on the southeast. Yeah. Like I just don't think that's good for the sport as a whole. And so my only hope for tech ending up in the Pac-12 is just people realize 
the more the the better. Like we we can't just like as much as ESPN wants to kind of rule the world, the college football world. We need this spread out some, or it's just bad for everybody. Yeah, and we think about like if this, you know, if we're making if we go from making twenty five million a year on in TV revenue to ten. Yeah, um, and there's eight other schools or 10 other schools, 20 like us, if there's like really is some big consolidation where there's 20 teams, 24 teams in a super conference type thing. Yeah. You know, uh, these coaches, the, the amount of money paid to coaches, head coaches and coordinators across the country is going to, I mean, going to drop tremendously. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's like this huge bubble will be popped. If, which, if, yeah. If which isn't happens. a bad thing. Like no. the buyouts and all that stuff, like, that could use a little calming down, but it's really yeah. You know, <clears throat> let's assume because everybody right now is in a is in a tricky situation. But if you assume um, that tech has options, uh, it, like, but the this has got to be the trickiest, most um, you know, highest stakes, but like most difficult situation an, an athletic department's ever been in. Yeah, because. Uh, if you like if in a dream scenario where we can leave but it's only like us in Oklahoma State you know then we're kind of like in UT you know use boat where right. we want the league to dissolve and or else we have to pay all this money uh, so it's like you know the prisoner's dilemma uh, times a million with right. real stakes it's not just some like philosophical exercise because <laughs> uh, you know all the eight teams are going, I mean, they're going to say, we're working on this together. We're going to figure out a way forward. The eight of us are sticking together with one side of their mouth. And on the other side of the mouth, they're like, where are we going to land when this breaks up? You know? And so I think that's, that's what you, I guess that's what you mean by this is very delicate (laughs) high stakes dance here because you have to make sure you preserve your financial stakes because you know, the remaining eight are going to have a much harder time paying to get out of the big 12 than Texas and OU. But at the same time, you can't be left without a chair when the music stops. And so, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It's a, there's a lot going on. And I, and like you said, I just don't understand. I don't know where that, where it leaves tech when this is all over. And so in that, in the scenario where we've got options, but we've got to play our cards perfectly, you know, it, it would, the, what, you know, Chris posted earlier in the week about how there's some synergy there with us and Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Yeah, it makes so much sense because um, Oklahoma State's athletic athletic director, Chad Weiberg or Weiberg, you know, he was at Tech. Mm-hmm. He was at Kansas State for like 10 years. Um, Kirby played Kansas State for Bill yeah. Snyder, who I'm sure is involved in yeah. their athletic department tremendously. And so I think, you know, if there's like open lines of communication between us, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State, because um, it, it would seem to me, it just seems like if we're going to go somewhere, we it preferably would need help facilitate the whole league dissolving. Yeah. You know, and but if you read, like, Oklahoma State, their rivals board, they literally think they're going to the Big Ten. Yeah. They, I, I don't understand it. They, their version of Chris Lovell, he has been predicting all week over a 60% chance that they're going to be in the Big Ten. And I haven't seen, other than that, that you've sent to us in our group text, I don't see 
I haven't seen any rumors of that. I mean, I, the only rumor of the Big Ten I've seen is the one where they had that call with Kansas, and I don't even know if that was <laughs> legitimate. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I think it was that was debunked. Yeah. So big, it makes no sense for the Big Ten to add Big Twelve teams. They make so much money. Yeah. Yeah. Their TV deals worth so much. There's no way that a Big Twelve team is going to add to their revenue share. No. The way yeah, one of the ones that's left. So. You know, I guess that, and we started with it and we can get to it here again. It's just for any of this scenario to work, like we've seen that money drives everything. That's the whole reason Oklahoma's leaving. The whole reason Texas is leaving is money. And so for whatever scenario you think Texas Tech is going to go, like whichever direction you think they're going to go, there has to be a a, a money piece of evidence, essentially. Yeah. Is that the right way to look at it? Like you can't just say, this is what tech's going to do. You have to have, this is what tech's going to do. And this is how the money's going to work. Like that's just has to be your train of thought. I agree. And then like, but they can everywhere, but we've got to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why it's just so hard to, to know is it's not like we're just, it's not like these eight teams are just going to get passed up, you know, like, I, I don't know. It, it's a very, it's a frustrating situation because there is so much, that could happen and so little information as to the direction of which it will happen. And so it's, it's frustrating to even talk about because yep. you basically feel like you're talking in circles. Yep. So that's all I got. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, like I just said, there's not much more. I mean, we could talk for the next two hours, but we wouldn't say anything else. So, yep. um, but we'll be here as information comes out. And like I said, Hunter is as good as anybody at dissecting this stuff. So, Big something happens, we'll get on here and talk about it. But until next time.